0: Hello, I'm Doug Martin.
1: And I'm Tasha Martin.
0: Together, we share the joy of personal relationship with Jesus, marriage, children, and serving Vision Church in Lake Worth as pastors.
1: As the worship leader, I just want to invite you to come and worship with us. Well, Something special happens when you come into the presence of God and His people in worship.
0: As the lead pastor, I want to invite you to a very friendly and warm church that has a vision that it wants to share with everyone, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.
1: We're glad that you've decided to listen to our podcast. And I hope that if you're close enough to visit, you'll come by at 9.45 a.m. on Sunday morning. And after the service, say hello to us in the foyer. We would love to meet you.
0: You can also connect with us at visionchurch.ag, on Facebook at agvisionchurch, and on YouTube by searching for Vision Church Assembly of God.
1: Here's my husband, Doug, preaching a message from Sunday.
0: Well, good morning. Good morning. I'm back. <laughs> now, I didn't, I didn't leave in August and say, I'll be back. But I am named for Douglas MacArthur, who told the people of the Philistines, I will return. what did I say? yeah, it was it was didn't you know they moved to the islands of the Philippines after no okay <laughs> the Philippines sometimes my breath gets cut off, and uh you mishear me, so I'm so glad to be back, and I just want to brag on you for a moment. Because things have continued on. Business has been taken care of. You've been giving. People have been serving. Uh, Pastor Steve, Pastor Cindy have stood in for me. And they did a great job. And I'll tell you, last Sunday's message brought down the house. I mean, (coughs) that's an inside joke. A masterful message last Sunday. I sat there and rapt attention. Very disappointed to see it cut off abruptly. Do you realize you're sitting in a spot only 80 yards away from the impact of a military jet? Just a little bit earlier, if they would have ejected, a gas station and a church were in the way. A split second later, more houses, but that was dropped in between three houses, and yes, the houses were damaged, not burned down, no one hurt on the ground. Let's give the Lord an applause. Now something that's in our announcements, it seems kind of bland maybe. On the second Saturday, we pray and walk in our neighborhood. On Tejas Trail are the Rodellas. And as a church, what have we done? We've gotten out, knocked doors, walked our neighborhood, touched every door in Lake Worth, and what have we been doing? Praying. Praying for Lake Worth. Praying for the people of Lake Worth. Do you think that a military jet dropped between three houses and harming no one is not connected to that? What the enemy would intend for evil, or man would fail in his engineering, or a bird might be sucked into an intake and stop the functioning of a jet engine? I believe that if we could have put on some glasses and seen another dimension of reality, of reality... Not pretend. I think there might have been a warrior angel said, we're only going to interfere this much. Bam. The men are out, and this jet needs to be dropped in between these houses. Amen. And so, prayer impacts our world. I'm here this morning because of the prayers of thousands of, of people I'm here because of the prayers of 10 I'm here because of the prayers of one because God has heard the cry of faith it is connected with his grace and things turned around and I'm here I want to share with you a message before I do I'll just give you a little testimony I was sitting in the bathtub Pray for my wife. She needs strength. (laughs) Because really, for the first time in our marriage, I get to be really bossy. She's kind and sweet, okay? And, uh, well, honey, I need that. And it's more than just the remote. You know, honey, where's the remote? Honey, I need those pills. Could you get that? Could you roll my oxygen deal in here? Honey, just utter and complete dependency. So I was in my Dr. Teal's Epsom salts bath, nice and hot, kicked back, soaking. And As I was laying there soaking, suddenly, and I was home, not in the hospital. They don't offer that in the hospital. just wanted to let you know. <clears throat> so I was laying there in that Dr. Teal's Epsom salts bath, and I, I have to back up, punch pause there. A number of years ago, Tosh and I had just married. We were living at 1825 West Avenue K, San Angelo, Texas. I was doing college ministry, pastoring a very small church in Sterling City, 40 miles away, and, and had rebranded and changed a college ministry from independent ministry into the Assemblies of God Chi Alpha. I got home from work. I had to call my father in law. I just suddenly became very sick at work, and he came and got me, took me to the doctor. The doctor did some blood work, and this is what the doctor said to me. This is consistent with rheumatoid arthritis. Try hearing that at about 22. Just a baby. Well, I went home and got in the bathtub. I was aching so bad. And I was so stiff. And I was sitting in that bathtub. And I asked my wife to please make a call to the prayer chains of certain strategic churches I knew of. Back home. Get mom praying. And her group. Get First Assembly in San Angelo praying. How about Evangel Assembly there in San Angelo? How about Cross... uh, There was Cross Point or something assembly the call went out prayers started to go up i was sitting in the bathtub soaking the lord spoke to me he said the root of this is a spirit you need to start rebuking it so i sat there i come against and tasha came in we began to pray we come against the spirit of rheumatoid arthritis you have no place in my body i reject you You have afflicted my family in the past. You will have nothing in me. As we prayed, I looked at Tasha and I said, Something just lifted off of me. I got out of that tub, dried off, and was perfectly whole. Now, 35 years later, let's get back in the tub. I was sitting in the tub, and as I was sitting there, suddenly the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and he said, exponential improvement. I said, amen, Lord. He said, I touched your lungs when you were a young man, and I will touch them again. Give the Lord a pause. And let me tell you what it took for me to get in that bathtub. It took oxygen at 5 liters to walk from the bed to the chair beside the tub. And then it took this for a couple minutes until my saturation reached over 90%. Then I got in the tub took off my cannula, and sat there on room air. Normally, I can just sit in room air, but to move was taking some oxygen pressure. So I got in the tub, and I'm relaxing. The Lord speaks to me. I get out of the tub, sit in the chair, dry off, and go sit at my desk. (coughs) Early in the afternoon, I felt a nudge. You know, you've been sitting a lot. You ought to stand up. So I said, hmm. So I stood up. Room air. No oxygen. I had my little, faithful little friend. Pulse ox meter. that has been clinging to my finger ever since I got back from the hospital. And you put it on there. And you push the button, and it measures the blood oxygen. Right now, I'm at 90% on room air, <laughs> just so all the doctors and nurses. There you go, nurse. Right back there. We have a nurse instructor back there. Big as life. Now, I'm excited, so my heart rate's 132. We're not worried till it's about 140, 150. So, I stood there for a while and watched my pulse ox. 94 what's that i haven't seen that number very often unless i find the perfect spot in the bed on 60 liters of air blowing so strong you can hear it coming out your ears so i'm sitting there and i'm going well that's interesting maybe there's a lag in the reading nope 95. 96! So I thought, well, let me shuffle over there. I shuffle over there, doesn't drop. I walk down 16 steps. Go to the mailbox and get the mail. I walk for an hour in the house and it doesn't drop. Give the Lord a hand clap. What's that called? Things don't improve in jumps of exponents in health. They naturally move along a line, slightly gradually going upwards until it's restored. That's the natural process. But folks, we're talking about the supernatural. We're talking about grace explosions we're talking about grace events when these things happen and he's he's promising something i'm going to give you exponential improvements and i'm going to restore you so give the lord one more big hand cuz that's where my faith is connecting and i'm just inviting you to connect with me there so i'm just on room air but for those of you that are sitting there a little bit anxious going you know what, pastor's up there, he's going to get wound up, and then he's going to fall over out of that chair. If I get too low in oxygen or too high, I have a little backup system right there and a nasal cannula that can go right over my ears, up my nose. and uh, But right now, what? I don't need it. Wisdom says keep it around just in case. I have no problem with that. The angels of the Lord don't have any problem with that. The Holy Spirit doesn't have any problem with that. I don't have any problem with that. Do you have a problem with that? No, I didn't think so. So I wanted to bring a message that the Lord just burned in my heart over those 21 days. How many of you know that the, there's actually... How many of you would prefer that life was just a simple coin flip? We tend to be, as human beings bipolar, and I don't mean that in the psychological and analytical sense. See if this isn't true. If this doesn't ring with you. It's either this or that. Well, it's either this or that happened. Well, it's either God's will or it won't happen. We tend to walk through simplistic bipolarities of life you know what if it was that way there would be something you would not need and it's called the wisdom of God you would at least be right 50% of the time but there's more variabilities going on there try this how would you you like to flip a three-sided coin the will of God the will of man, including your will, and the will of the devil. Now, that changes things, doesn't it? It's a little more complex. Now, how many of you know that the enemy, if he was allowed, he would steal, kill, and destroy, and I would not be here? If you consulted with Lucifer and said, hey, would you, were you interested in being playing a part in destroying our pastor's physical life? Say so you better, you bet. If I could right now, I would take out every preacher of the gospel and drop them to the carpet right now. What stops him? God, and how does God stop him? The agreement of God's people on earth. How many of you know you got to play an integral part? You said no, no, no. Some of you, I think, got pretty mad at the devil and got into your prayer closet and say, you can't have that, my pastor. Some of you say, you can move him, but you don't need to kill him, Lord. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. He, Lord, he doesn't have to like, be off the earth. He could be somewhere else in Texas, and that would be fine. But there's the will of man. And when we pray, what are we doing? We're saying, Lord, not our will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there were people who gathered together and said, he will not die, he will live. And people sent me prophecies and said, this will not end in your death, but this will end in the greater glory of God. There were people that contacted me every day on a little lifeline called an iPhone with text message between Messenger and Facebook and Text messages, I could hear from people. And every day there were people, how are you this morning? God, gave, God spoke to me as I prayed for you this morning. And they give me a scripture. Remember I talked to you about the power of encouragement? What's well, encouragement? It's a grace package that somebody slips to you that no matter where you are, transforms and changes your life. Yes, Powerful. Grace, 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 grace. And then about, now frankly, where I was, it was like this. I'm 16 pounds past, or more than I want to be. This is a great time to fast and pray while I'm in the hospital. So every time they bothered me with a tray, I said, nope, not interested. Now I know, I'm looking at a nurse saying, pastor, it's necessary that you eat when." I understand, but I had extra. I had extra weight on me, and I fasted and prayed. Well, I didn't have anything else to do. Didn't even turn the TV on. Fasted and prayed and sought the Lord, and I'd ask Him, "Look, if I'm if you're checking me out now, just let me know. I'll gather the family in, give them fi- give me the final instructions, and." And we'll go that way. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, you shall live, you shall not die. Okay, that's taken care of, Lord. Began to just seek him. Seek him and pray. Came up closer to the month of September. And then, it's like, okay, that's done. Now you can't stop me from eating. They programmed me in the hospital. At 7, I am hit with such a craven hunger for breakfast. I've got to eat. At noon, there better be something on my tray. And at 5 o'clock, I'm ready for dinner. But I came out 21 days later, 26 pounds lighter. So if you want to try my weight loss program, just sign up. I'll tell you how to get involved. but somebody's or somebody touch God, God's grace that's already been there like an ocean. Somebody got their hand on the valve. Somebody connected to the grace of God by faith, connected with me by love, and I want to tell you, I have been absolutely blessed and touched by the love and the prayer and the faithfulness. And I want to tell you what, Vision Church has hit it out of the park. You have stood to your feet, you have prayed, you have agreed, you have loved, you have given, and and I will tell you, you have done a wonderful job. There can be no doubt in my mind how much you love God and how much you love me. Give yourselves a hand, and I'm going to join you. Now we've been talking about grace events, and my, I'm trying to go for an hour and a half just to prove to you I'm okay. No, not. Some of you say, we're praying for you to move now, Pastor. You're alive now. We got you. Okay. Grace events happen as a result of alignment and action. Take advantage of them. Grace events always result in pushback. Now, how does it feel when you've been preaching about the grace events of God and then you get laid flat on your back for 21 days in the hospital? Doesn't that kind of feel a little counterintuitive? I've been talking about the power of God. And here I am, so weak that the nurses come in and say, Mr. Martin, if you'll sit up on the edge of your bed, we'll pull the tray over and you can eat your breakfast. And I say the edge of this bed? That yawning chasm below it that reaches to the floor? You want me to actually swing these legs out over that edge and let these feet touch that floor? Well, yes, Okay, here goes. The bed would come up. My feet would swing out. And I would grab the side rail and pull myself upright. And the machine over here would go, ding, 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 ding. And my oxygen saturation would drop to 74. And the nurse would go, oh, my, Mr. Martin, you better lay back. You think? I tried to tell you. Try that after you've been preaching for weeks about the grace that God wants to bring to Vision Church. How many of you know that when you preach the truth of the word and begin to take a position, somebody pushes back? I didn't know a pushback would be in a hospital for 21 days with pneumonia. I didn't know that. But you pushed back. And as a result, I'm here. Devil, you took your swing, but I'm still standing. (laughs) Better than I used to be. Boy, right there, I want to hear that song, I'm still standing. After all this time, feeling like a true survivor. Right? Who was that? Pastor singing secular songs, top 40 in church. That's what I feel like singing. And by the way, just in the last... Weak, I've been able to sing. Some of you say, no, you're still not able to sing, Pastor. (laughs) But I'm here to say, I'm still standing. The enemy's pushed back, but God is revealing something. Walking in grace requires wisdom and courage. And now I want to add this to it. Walking in grace requires an embracing of weakness. Hello? Hello? why I still have you walking in grace requires an embrace of weakness and where I was living all of my life is I hate weakness I disdain weakness I avoid talking about my weaknesses you want to talk about strengths let's go let's talk about strengths now, let's talk about the other side of the coin, Mr. Martin. Where are some areas that you're weak? Well, you know what? I thought real careful about that. I don't have any. We do something, a marriage encounter along those lines. And you know what? I write always my strengths more than I talk about my weaknesses. And you know what? That's just human. We don't lead a conversation with. You know what, I stink at this. That's a real way to poison a conversation. Walking in grace requires acknowledgement and embracing of your weakness. So in that hospital, I learned how to put a bear hug on my weaknesses, to confront them, to talk about them. And you know what, this is a wonderful side benefit. As a young man and into my 20s, I was a very tender heart and I wept easily. Always wept in prayer. And I encountered a soul, almost soul terminating event in my early 20s. And from that point forward, I became unmovable. I thought it was a good thing. Spock was my favorite character on Star Trek. To not weep and not cry, that was an achievement. Not a, not, it was a weakness to be tenderly moved by people's feelings. was a weakness to be removed from my life. I'll tell you what I've learned to do being in the hospital for 21 days. I've learned to easily cry. And I want to say thank you, Lord. Tears have been re- restored to my eyes. My wife has seen me cry over different circumstances and situations. And you know what? She's still with me. She's still with me. She didn't leave me because I'm a weak man. Now, that's a pretty tough lesson to walk through, but I want to thank my Lord Jesus Christ and my Father that through this, though the devil intended something for evil, God meant it for good. And God said... I'm going to walk him through this. He will not be afraid of the valley of the shadow of death that I will walk him through. He will fear no evil for I am with him. And when I bring him out, I will have restored to him the oil of the joy of my salvation and he will weep again. He will rejoice again. And everything I've created him to be will be expressed in fullness. Hallelujah. By my grace, by his grace. Walking in grace requires an embrace of weakness. So let me tell you something. Doug's weaknesses and me are buddy now. We're buddies. I say, thank you, Lord. And I find it easier just to tell somebody, I'm not very good at that. I'm not going to do that. You're going to do that because you're really good at that. The Lord wants you to do that because what happens when you do that is you don't let other people in and you don't let other people shine. Amen? You don't let other people in. You don't let other people shine. So, we still have time. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 through 10. Boy, did this come alive for me at Baylor, Scott, and White on the fifth floor. I didn't like this passage very well. I liked part of it. But most of the, some of this passage I didn't like very well. In fact, sometimes I would look at the first part and, and kind of skip over the second part. Isn't that something that things happen in your life and they tend to blind you to Scripture? Or they have you kind of skipping parts of your Bible? I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things he couldn't talk about, things he couldn't share with other people things that no one is permitted to tell. If you want a little insight into that, you'll find passages in the Bible where God says, seal it up, Daniel, for this vision is for the end. In the book of Revelation, I, John, went to write what the seven thunders uttered, and a voice of the angel said to me, don't write it. It's not permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that, But I will not boast about myself, except about my, everybody say it together, weaknesses. I'm going to brag on my weaknesses. I'm going to make the big list, and I'm going to explain to you what it is I can't do on my own. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say. It's okay for you to think well of me, but it's not okay for you to think more well of me than you should. It's okay for me to think well of you, but not more well of you than I should. But here's what we do. Here's the root of hypocrisy. We project a mask that we want people to see us as rather than simply be who we are in Christ and be real about it. Welcome to Reelsville. Welcome to reality. Let's go on. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, that's pretty impressive to be caught up into the third heaven, but let me tell you, no angels appeared to me no trips to heaven no out-of-body experiences nothing in fact other than a simple word you shall live and not die that was it okay i'm leaving here eventually that's the only word i had so i may as well just enjoy this like it was the ritz carlton (laughs) or because of these surpassingly great revelations Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. How many of you would be going for 27 times? How many of you go be three times a day for 40 days, fasting and prayer added in for good measure? But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. There are some that have twisted the scripture to say this. So after three days I prayed and God gave me the answer and delivered me from the thorn in my flesh. No, that's false. That's a total misunderstanding of scripture. But, the adversity of conjunction, but, he said to me, my grace is enough for you somebody needs to hear this this morning god is saying to you my grace my power the riches of my glory everything that i purchased for you through the blood of jesus christ god's only son the ocean of grace that you are swimming in and you're unaware of is sufficient for you it's enough for you in fact it's More than enough for you. It's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He always provides more than enough. If you need 10,000, he throws in an extra couple grand. He always does more than we can ask or think. And he provides according to his riches in glory. Give him a hand. That's great news. Some of you are looking for my pulse ox, but he's at 70 again. I'm fine. And the part of the scripture I didn't like. For my power is made perfect in great gifts and talents, right, Lord? Great abilities. Things that I'm really good at i can just take it to this level and all i need from you lord just a little nudge and it can become greatness right right lord no for my power is made perfect and everybody say it together weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that so that Christ what happens if I operate in my strengths all the time it's about me but what happens when I reveal my weaknesses people around me begin to understand something there's somebody standing with him there's somebody standing over him there's somebody greater than him there's something going on here therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Notice it didn't say, come and go. What did it say? Rest on me. So what does Paul want? He wants the resting of the presence of God upon his life. So what's he going to do? He's going to engage, embrace, and stay within the realm of his weakness because he knows that it's there... That his ministry occurs. Because it's not his ministry, it's Christ's ministry. So here I am laying in a bed, weak as a kitten. And I don't even like to use that phrase. Weak as a lion on a drug, a tranquilizer that was administered to him by a zookeeper. No. As weak as a kitten, helpless as a baby. They're having to do things for me that haven't happened since my mother did them for me. That's, that's weak. That's weak. I apologize to every nurse laying there in weakness. But one day, I noticed something. Nurses were bringing other nurses that didn't belong on that floor and in that ward and just introducing them to me. I'm going, here I am haven't washed my hair in ten days. Haven't brushed my teeth in ten days. I have. I, I haven't shaved in ten days. I have no cologne on. It is oh day, Pastor Doug. <laughs> Something's going on. Well, she said she just wanted me to meet you. Oh, really? Well, hello, how are you? What's your name? Boy, I got to meet a lot of people. Later that day, a nurse from Chicago, who's come to stay in Fort Worth, a traveling nurse, has been my nurse for the last couple days, and I'm speaking in the terms of when I was in the hospital. She comes in, closes the door, said, Mr. Martin, would it be okay if you and I just visited? and I'm wondering what does she have to say bad news what and she says I just feel like I need to talk to you about something going on in my life the wild haired guy with ten days of no brushing teeth and smells like you all can imagine and know what I smell like I'm sitting there listening She goes, you know, I I prayed and asked God to maybe give me a man that he wanted me to have in my life. And now there's two. What do I do about that? I said, I think you're leaving somebody out. She looked at me, what? I said, there's a man that wants you and loves you way more than a man on the West Coast and a man near your hometown. He loves you so much that He died for you when you had no idea that you needed Him. He laid down His life for you when you were either ignorant of Him or weren't interested in what He had to offer. He gave everything, everything that He has provided for you. If you would pursue Him He would take care of the man that you need in your life. Focus your attention on that man. She stopped right there, and she cut her eyes over at my machines, and she said, Mr. Martin, do you realize you've been talking to me for 10 minutes, and you've been pretty excited? But your oxygen saturations went up. She goes, there's somebody else here. There's something going on. There's somebody else here. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's in your weakness. It's in your lack. It's in your ability. You're laying here. You can't sit up. Your breath stinks. You smell. You don't look so good. You're not clean shaven. Your hair is standing up like some serial killer. But I'm here. Come on. Come on. And when I'm here, that's all that matters. Yes, sir. When I'm present, I'm the ever present help in the time of trouble. And I will strengthen you, and I'll give you breath and I'll give you voice. I couldn't get up and say, yes, come in, and open the door and invite them in. They came in, flicked the light on at every hour of the night. But the Lord spoke to me, and he said, when they come in, don't you complain. Find out their name. Find out why they're a nurse. And you brag on them. You bless them. I'm just now getting back to where I can sleep in three hour increments. I know what it's like to be tortured. <laughs> Name, rank, serial number. Put your arm out here. I got to wrap something around, squeeze the life out of it, and get your vitals. Got to find a vein. Mr. Martin's not, I'm not vain in that way. They could never find the vein. I was a pincushion. Big old bruise on my arm from blowing out veins, and I'm laying there. The Lord instructed me, You find out their name, you bless every one of them. One long, they were bringing their friends. You got to meet this guy. The lung doctor looked at me in the face a day before I was released and said, You're making remarkable progress. Wow. And you are the cheeriest. Happiest patient I've ever had. That Jewish doctor heard from me. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm a person of faith. And I'm not alone. He's with me. And he's giving me strength, and he's raising me back up. And he's restoring my health. I appreciate what you've been doing, but you're only doing the natural part I have somebody who's doing the supernatural. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, what I'm doing is I'm boasting in Jesus. I was the stinky skin bag laying in the bed. But here's what makes a difference. In my spirit and upon me rests the Spirit of God because I am His. Yes, sir. And I had a word from Him and I was supported by prayer. I was lifted up on the prayers of God's people. The people of my congregation were loving on my family and loving on me and giving me strength that was reaching 20 miles, 100 miles, 1,000 miles into my life by the grace of God. So he says this, that is why for Christ's sake I delight what does delight sound like? Woohoo! What does the face look like that has delight? It's the face of the little baby in the swing. Who can see the McDonald's sign over the fence? Your heart, your heart rate goes up. Your excitement goes up. Yay! It's going over the top of the hill and starting down on the roller coaster. It's the look of delight, some say, "I think you've mistaken that for terror. No. I delight in what? In weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions and difficulties. I delight in those. If we're not careful, I'm going to warn you right here. Here's the prophetic warning for Vision Church. The era in which we live, your face is going to get lined with worry. Your eyes are going to become downcast. Your heart is going to sink. Your stress level is going to increase. And you will live a defeated life outside of the grace of God. but if you decide something today, I'm going to ask you to decide something. It's a decision. It's not an emotion. It's a state of mind that you set. It's when your spirit says to your soul, you will be encouraged. You will not do that. That you delight in what we're enduring. Is it easy? No. Is it a happy time? No. He says this for when I am weak then I am strong we talk about the strength of the Lord we talk about the grace of the Lord but the pathway is through your weakness and dealing with it properly and the answer to dealing is not worry fretting frowning fussing but your answer is in praising releasing professing, confessing, walking, looking eagerly to your salvation that is found in Jesus Christ. There are very simply five areas that we encounter, and I'm going to leave you with this. In fact, the worship team come. How many of you ever heard of DEFCON 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5? Defense condition. How about this? Intensity setting one. And everybody in this room can identify with this. Weakness. Incapacity to do or experience something. Utter lack. Loss of all function. Sound like happy times? Not at all. I've been there. I've never been weaker in all my life. And I was not far from the point... Where doctors would have said, not looking good, and you may not make it. In fact, Julie's nodding with me because her brother Brett has been there deeper with two code blues and cracked ribs from restarting a heart in a medical coma on forced air breathing. But a miracle's coming. The grace of God is coming to Brett Jesus. And I say that from a position of weakness, not a position of strength. Every one of us in this room hide our weaknesses and don't want to talk about them. But we need to embrace them in a big old bear hug, not snuffing the life out of them, but say, When I am weak, woo! We're right on the edge of a grace of God. Where does a church feel weak? Oh, no. Woo! We're on the edge of the grace of God. Vision Church is on the edge of the grace of God. We are going to see some grace explosions. Yes. Things we have prayed for for years. We're going to see them. But the pathway is through our weakness, not through our strength. Hubris when people mistreat us with hubris, disrespected, disdained, a negative attitude that you just want to slap in Jesus' name. How many of you have felt that attitude? Hubris. What do you get when, when you feel that hubris hitting you? Woo! I must be doing something right. I'm not gonna slap the faith. I'm not gonna slap that in Jesus' name. I'm just going to let it go. And instead, I'm going to bless them. And I'm going to throw my head back and look up for my redemption comes. There's about to be some grace here. And it's being signaled by hubris. Intensity setting three, hardship. A general atmosphere and state of distress and trouble. Hey, how many of you agree we're in there? Do you feel it? What's the answer? Oh, woe is us. We're the poor church of Jesus struggling on the corner of Dakota Trail in the middle of hardship in the United States of America. Oh, boo-hoo. No. Woo! We're positioned in our society. We feel what they feel. They feel the atmosphere and state of distress and trouble, but we do not because when I am weak, He is strong. They need to see it in you they need to see the difference between them in hardship and you in hardship them in a hospital bed and you in a hospital bed and they look at you and they go there's something different about this wild-eyed wild-haired smelly fella in this body in room 592 there's something so different then I'm bringing my friends come see him and I'm laying in the bed thinking the opposite And I'm telling them a line from the elephant man. (laughs) I am a human, I am not an animal. (laughs) Intensity setting four persecution, systematic, organized program to oppress and harass people. Do you see how easy it could be for Vision Church as an organization? And vision church as a people to be systematically, purposely, in an organized fashion, be oppressed and harassed. See how easy that could be? We're right on the edge of it. What do we do? Oh, no. No, we go, Woo! That's going to position us for some of the greatest grace and miracles that have ever been seen in Lake Worth, Texas. Bring it on. Tensity setting five. Restriction and suffering and distress upon people. In this case, misdirected and falling on the people of God. Imprisoned. Beaten. Physically tortured for the cause and the name of Jesus Christ. And what does Paul say to this? Bring it on. Because when I'm in those difficulties, then I see the greatest miracles. Put my legs in stocks. In a Philippian jail. And we'll praise God at midnight. And God will shake the city with an earthquake. If he has to. To make a difference. And a jailer and his family will all be saved. And then there will be a church planted in Philippi. And then there will be a letter called. The letter. Not to the Philistines. Or the Filipinos. (laughs) But but to the Philippines. To the... I will rejoice and embrace my weakness. To the Philippians. What does Paul do when he's beaten? He worships. What does he do when somebody speaks insolently to him? He worships. What does he do when he feels weak from the beatings? He praises and he worships and he says... I'm on the edge of another grace explosion. God wants to show himself mighty. And so he's positioned me in a place of weakness. So no one will praise Paul. But everyone will praise Jesus. How many of you are ready to see some grace? How many of you need to see some grace? Come on now. Here's what we're going to have to do. Delight in these five levels. But aren't you glad he warms us up by starting us with everything we've all got? What's the one common denominator we all have? Weakness. Valerie, you're so weak. (laughs) Glorian, there's stuff you just can't do. Honey, you're wonderful and marvelous. I'd marry you all over again, and I couldn't do life without you. And I used to tell you, you know what? I want you, but I really don't need you. I used to tell her that. Isn't it better to be wanted rather than needed? I was afraid to be unutilitarian. But let me change that right here in front of God and everybody. I need you. God's given to you, to me, because I'm weak in areas. And I stink in areas. And if I just did life by myself, it would be even more atrocious than it is now. And some of you are saying, my God, if this man were single, Lord, save us. (laughs) Delight in your weaknesses and say, yes, I can't do that. Isn't it wonderful? That means God's going to have to do it through me or he's going to have to send an answer some other way. I don't like laying here weak as a baby. But if I do, and if I delight in it, it will change the atmosphere. And the Spirit of the, Levin, the Holy Spirit will settle in upon me not to come and go, but to stay. And he will change it and transform it. We can name our strengths. but What's the other side of that coin? What is the weakness that we won't admit, that we won't talk about, that we're hiding and running from, that we resent, that blinds us from reading the Scripture and taking it all in? We can't afford that, folks. And yes, I went right up to 11. We went late today. And it's all my fault. It's one of my weaknesses. We need to hear this today. He gave me a message in a hospital bed. Then he raised me up out of that hospital bed and strengthened me. And I want you to realize, Vision Church, every time you see me stand, and then you see me playing a golf tournament on Tuesday. And then you see me without any oxygen and see me run around the place and you see me weep and you see me cry more easily that you're seeing something. That man was reduced to the very bottom edge of his weakness. And thank God because the grace of God that I prayed for touched him and changed him and transformed him by that same grace. So Tasha's going to come and run us even further over time. But it's my fault, not hers. And lead us in some worship. And as we worship the Lord, here's the sincere prayer I want you to lift up from where you are, online or right here in these chairs. Lord, what's the weakness that I've been running from? What's the fear that's been driving me, that's been putting me into this place where I can't allow your grace to rest upon my life and stay that it's a visitation from now, now and again but I want you to stay with me Lord would you reveal Holy Spirit would you open the eyes of my heart would you show me that terrible weakness that I think is so horrible and would you help me to embrace it like Pastor Doug has just laid out before me that I'll embrace it And there I'll find your grace. What a surprise. Lord, would you teach me when I'm confronted with my weaknesses not to despair, line my, furrow my brow, throw my eyes down in despair, but look up and go, woo! Thank you, Lord. In this weakness, your strength is going to be displayed. Your grace is going to touch me and you're going to do something I could never do because of that weakness.
1: We hope that you've been touched by God's grace as you've listened to our podcast today. We'd love to hear your response via email and the address is podcast at visionchurch.ag podcast at visionchurch.ag And if you're in the area and don't have a church home, we'd love for you to come and visit us personally. We're located at 4024 Dakota Trail in Lake Worth, Texas.
0: We together have a vision, seeing Jesus for us, in us, and through us.